Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nathaniel Paul Thurston, and across from me is a computer screen and another one and another computer screen. Crappy laptop camera, a soundboard that's not tuned in correctly because I can't figure out what buttons to hit on it, and the live group hanging out, the Fed Haters Club. They're hanging out with us right now. Thank you for being here. You can go to joingml.com like those fine folks did. Pay as little as $6 a month. You can pay more than that if you want to. It just depends on how much you care about the future of human civilization. Uh, so we'll kind of gauge it based on that, $6 or, or more if you want humanity and liberty and human flourishing to continue and increase over that amount of time. So that's up to you. It just depends on how much you care about those things. Anyway, uh, Charlie's not here right now. He is somewhere. He went to an, he, he's working. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you, Charlie's working. Although he sent me a video from a Nickelback concert last night. So he's working and apparently part of his job is to go see Nickelback. Now, I know it's been really cool for a long time to hate on Nickelback. But the videos he sent me were of them playing, you know, like uh, How You Remind Me and uh, whatever whatever the other really good ones were that I can't make fun of. Some of those songs are pretty good, okay? I'm not going to lie. I was, I was a Nickelback fan, circa Silver Side Up, whichever that one was. So anyway, uh, clearly Charlie's lost his mind. He's not here, and he was at a Nickelback show last night. So, so whatever. So it's just me today. I'm hanging out at home on the home studio setup. Been storming here this morning. So my dog is all upset right now. She's okay for the moment. Uh, my, my wife just went out of town. I'm by myself. I was telling a live group. It's kind of like home alone around here. I'm not wearing any pants because why would I? Actually, that's just kind of a general rule when I'm at home. But anyway, there was a GOP debate last night. I don't know if you don't care about that like I don't, but that's pretty much how I feel. The biggest thing, listen, Trump's up by 50 points. Uh, none of these people are going to win the nomination. It would take Donald Trump dying of old age for any of these people to win the nomination. Even if he was in prison, he would still win the nomination. So that's just, that's just going to be the case. He'll literally have to be dead for any of these people to matter. And I'm not sure any of them would even be his vice presidential picks. According to him, he doesn't see anyone up there that would be a good vice president pick. I think he said that last night when he was out talking to auto workers, not at a striking facility, by the way, that he was talking at a facility uh, that was not unionized. And that's where he was speaking. So anyway, there, was a, there were a couple clips from last night's debate where people got in their one-liners I could play them if you want to. Everyone else is going to be playing them also today if they're doing debate recaps. Today is not a debate recap. Today we're going to talk about capitalism. What we as libertarians or conservatives or conservative libertarians can be doing better for uh, to protect property rights and to back this up morally because what we will be playing are some of the videos of people stealing crap from stores around the country that a lot of other people have been talking about. But no one's really been getting down to the main issue. I'm going to link these two things together. One, with the scenes of people stealing 
from Lululemon and Apple, the clips that we've seen going around on X lately. I'm going to link these up with something else. I'm going to link it up with this massive lawsuit against Amazon, this FTC antitrust monopoly lawsuit against Amazon. I know that those two things don't really belong together, except for they exactly do because they're both hatred for capitalism and private property. And that's what they are. That's why the FTC can get, a, get away with some of these things. I'm not even going to play any clips from last night's debate because I don't care. I'd rather get on to more important stuff. Let me show you um, one of these main headlines here that we'll start with when it comes to property rights. I'm not just talking about people, people stealing and getting mad about, uh, about certain people that are stealing or whatever, but this unprecedented theft contributed to 112 billion dollars in retail losses last year. That's quite a lot. Okay. $112 billion in retail losses. Now I think it's normally like 90. There's, there's a lot every year. Okay. Um, 112 billion that is in, in uptick might be probably the highest number ever, but of course you've got inflation to account for there. Losses from retail crime ticked up in 2022, causing many retailers across the country to change the way they do business according to a survey released on Tuesday by the National Retail Federation, or the NRF, as we call it at my house. Retailers are seeing unprecedented levels of theft coupled with rampant crime in their stores, and the situation is only becoming more dire. NRF's president for Asset Protection and Retail Operations said, the annual survey by the trade group collected insights from 177 retail brands across 28 retail sectors, including the apparel, jewelry, grocery, department stores, so we got 112 up from 93.9 billion in 2021. So then we got things like some of the clips that people have seen going around. We'll talk about Target announced that they're closing nine stores. Okay, you got Portland, Chicago, stuff like that. Some people are upset at Target. Target's been trending quite a bit on Twitter lately and Jimmy Dore is one of the people who tweeted about this that we'll, that we'll mention. Um, we'll do the target part first. We'll talk about that. Uh, the prevalence of organized retail theft is forcing Target to close nine stores in four states, including three in the Bay Area, the company announced Tuesday. In a press statement, Target said it takes the decision to close stores very seriously and only after investing in steps to prevent and stop theft that were ultimately unsuccessful. They say, in this case, we cannot continue operating these stores because theft and organized retail crime are threatening the safety of our team and guests and contributing to unsustainable business performance. We know that our stores serve an important role in their communities, but we can only be successful if the working and shopping environment is safe for all. Um, so you got stores closing in these big cities. Heard a lot of people talking about that lately. Now, you get the rampant crime in the big cities, and of course, we can point to places in California where they essentially made it legal to steal things as long as you don't steal 950 bucks worth of goods. And they're going to let you probably play with that number a little bit. You're probably good up to 12 or 1500 before they're actually going to do anything. Um, but 950, I believe that's, that's what they're going to do. So that's pretty, that's pretty dumb to start with. Okay, that's, that's people's personal property that you're allowing to be stolen. And so, of course, eventually people figure out that they don't actually have to pay for things. 
They can go in and steal goods and they can leave and nothing bad's going to happen. And so, of course, this is what's going to happen. Now, that's just in places like California. You got, you got this going on all around the country. You see people running in, doing these flash mob thefts in places. I think Philadelphia was the, the most recent one. Uh, let's look at a couple clips from that right quick. Oh, gosh. I'll tell you what. I'm going to say something ridiculous to you real quick. I get more frustrated and upset when I see these videos of people looting stores than I do of when I see videos of January 6th. Can I get an amen? Anyone in the group? Yeah. Uh, I get... <laughs> Where's Chuck in the live group? Um, at a Nickelback concert. Yeah. I get more upset when I see this. And I'll tell you why. It's because this is people's personal property. This is a lack of respect for personal property. Government building, although uh, still someone's property, I guess it belongs to all of us. It was built uh, or maintained with stolen money, of course, and it's the place where all of the thieves get together to decide how they're going to steal more of your money. I just get less upset when I see that building getting overran and, and podiums being taken out than when I see billions of dollars worth of merchandise being taken from the people who produced it or are going to sell it. So anyway, here's a video of cops trying to stop people from stealing. I believe this one's in Philadelphia. So in this video, you see cops trying to tackle people that are running outside. Um, it's uh, there's, there's just hysterical laughter going on while people are stealing and running off with this stuff. Um, I don't think she's all right. I did notice that it's like it's all really funny when people are running out with the stolen goods. When the cop has the person pinned down on the ground and he actually like he punches them at one point in time, at which point I was like, yeah, freaking Hit that guy in the face. I guess I'm okay with police brutality when you're stealing people's property. I don't know. Um, well, the guy wouldn't stop trying to get away. He was trying to stop him. Um, anyway, that's where she's like screaming, oh, my God. Oh, my God. This, you know, this is awful. And then she goes back to cackling. And uh, maybe they just overdubbed some Kamala Harris. Um, I, I don't know. Um, so she's laughing hysterically when people are running out. She starts crying when the person gets pinned down to the ground and is getting arrested. Then she goes back to cackling as more people are running out. Uh, let's look at another video of just the great thing that society has become. This is from the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, by the way. Uh, people overrunning an Apple store and they say one iPhone is worth more than every single one of these people. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I don't know if I fully agree, but I think that property rights is a uh, is a very worthwhile thing that we need to fight for
I want the thing to come in right now that you see on the Apple commercials that says recorded on an iPhone. Uh, someone needs to splice that in for me right quick. Uh, it is interesting. There's a bunch of people standing outside laughing uh, about um, people stealing their free iPhones. And you just see a wall of people recording this on their iPhones. So it's not like these aren't poor people out here stealing for bread. AOC. These are people out here that are just stealing stuff because they, they think they're owed it. They're entitled to it, I guess. They have no respect for the property whatsoever. And then what you see uh, outside later on is that they're not even, I don't even think they're planning on selling this stuff. They just start destroying it. Now, this person, I can't remember, I can't remember her name. Meatball, I think. Meatball. Not Meatball Ron, uh, but Meatball. This person, I guess, has been pretty famous on the internet lately. Well, she did get arrested and got charged with a bunch of felonies, just so you know. Uh, so as you're watching this and you're getting so mad, at least we can feel good knowing that uh, probably still nothing will happen. They'll pro probably still just drop charges. And now they're just putting things on the ground and destroying them. Oh my god, all these iPhones. They're not even taking them so they can sell it. Okay, I'll say it this way. I was trying to figure out how to say it without um, just coming off really super negative. If you're still living in a big city, and I mean in a big city, like you live and there's tall buildings around you everywhere, it's time to leave. Okay? It's time to get out. There are tons of work from home jobs. There are many ways to live and work while living outside of the city. I live in a city outside of Nashville. It would take about 30 minutes to get to Nashville from my house. It's still, kind of, you know, you still got everything you need. There's still 120,000 people in the city that I live in right here. Get out of the big city because here's the next thing. If this continues and there are no repercussions to stop it and we keep pushing and keep pushing the ideology that is behind this, which is what we need to talk about, it's going to keep getting worse and worse, and all of these stores are going to close. That's why you see Target closing stores and Walmart closing stores. That's why you see something hilarious that we haven't even talked about yet, which is Chicago toying with the idea of starting their own city 
ran grocery stores. And you know what? When I saw that story, I was like, okay, cool, do it. Let's see how it goes. I want the numbers on it. I want the numbers on the city ran grocery store and not just what they're selling things for. I want to know how much the taxpayers are subsidizing the store. Because if a professional grocery store can't make any money there, then the city sure as hell is not going to make any money running a grocery store in these places. They're going to have to steal it from other people. Ironically, the other stores closed because of theft. The city will have to steal from the entire community to keep this grocery store going. And you know what? I kind of want to see it happen. I want to see how it plays out because it's going to crash and burn. And we can use it as an example to talk about on the podcast. I'm sure I'm sorry, people in Chicago, and I'm sorry for taxpayers in Illinois, namely my entire family that is going to be paying to uh, subsidize and subsidize and resubsidize things like this. Okay. So what's actually happening here when these stores are closing down? And this has been a thing that's gone on for a long time. You see crime gets really bad in the cities and stores close, they leave, they fix the crime, stores start to come back. Or what you'll see is that the prices are a lot higher in those inner cities. And that get blamed that gets blamed on racism, which is really annoying because these people have to not only account for all the theft that happens, they have to account for the extra security. And many times they have to account for buying things in lower amounts of products because there's less space for them to store things and keep products on the shelves. That's why things are more expensive in inner cities. It's not just because they're trying to stick it to people, not to mention the fact that the building itself costs way more and all the other things that uh, go along with the, um, the property value and the rental and all that, the lease. So anyhow, why is this happening though? You see the joy on these people's faces and you also see that they're out there destroying the products. They throw the iPads on the ground and they're dumping like chemicals on them. They're smashing the iPhones. So what, what is this? Not, I mean, I, I don't doubt that people are running off with the merchandise and, and selling some stuff later. But we at least have video of them destroying a little bit of it. So what is this? What's happening? I happen to believe that this is what happens when you tell an entire generation of people that they can't get ahead, that there's too much income inequality, that the wealthy own all the wealth and there's nothing you can do about it, that capitalism is theft, that profit is theft, that all of these co corporations are stealing from the workers, that they owe you something. Essentially, every person in the video that we, the videos that we showed were we're black, and I'm not saying it has anything to do with this, but you could say maybe in in some of these specific instances, you are owed, because of racism, you're owed reparations. The entire country owes you a debt. These uh, corporations owe you a debt. This was all built on slavery. You're owed all of this stuff anyway. You shouldn't have to pay for things. Anything that's wrong in your life is the fault of someone else. Property is theft. Everything should be collectivized. This all belongs to us anyway. This was all stolen from the Native Americans anyway. None of us should even be here right now. Every human being is a poison to the planet. We're going to kill everyone. What happens when an entire generation has preached these things constantly, their entire lives, told that there's no way they can ever get ahead, that all of these corporations are stealing from them? 
Everything you see in that store was stolen from you in the first place. How do you expect them to think any differently? They don't know. that No one's throwing a, a Mises book in their face. I guarantee you, almost none of the people in the group that we saw have heard of Thomas Sowell or Milton Freeman. They're not, not reading economics or, or free market philosophy books in the spare time. They're listening to people like AOC and Bernie Sanders and Robert Reich and Nina Turner and Corey Bush and all, all of these people who have been preaching to them that nothing is their fault and that they should have no responsibility for their lives whatsoever. And this is the result of it. You can blame the laws of the $950 law in California if you want to, but that doesn't cause me to go steal anything when I'm in California. So it's not just the law. Sure, the law can stop bad people from doing bad things, but could I get away with going and stealing something from a store right now if I was real sneaky about it? Could I sneak a, a, a pack of gum or something? Yeah, sure I could, but I'm not going to. You know why I'm not going to? Because I have respect for people's property. I don't hate those places because they turn a profit. I used to when I was younger. I've never really told everyone about all that, but I used to real I used to hate Walmart. I used to hate all the big corporations. I mean, sure, like I hate do I think there's like great people running them with, you know, virtuous benevolent values or anything? No, no. But I mean, I used to hate them because they made money when I was younger, a lot younger. So if no one is teaching people that it's important for stores to turn a profit, that it's important for you to make money off of the product, that this isn't theft, that this is the only reason we have any of these things are because of this system that we live in right now. No one's ever telling people that. It's always the exact opposite. Then what do you expect? That's what it is. It's not just the relaxed crime laws. It is the ideology that people are pushing right now. It's, it's socialist ideology. It's a complete lack of respect for personal property. It's a hatred of capitalism. It's a hatred of anyone who is turning a profit. It's a hatred of anyone who owns anything. It's a hatred for anyone who makes money off of owning anything. That's the direction we're going, and it's starting in the big cities right now. And as it gets worse, it'll get even worse because the stores will leave, the economic conditions will worsen, and not only will people be stealing for fun, they'll be stealing because they have to eventually because that's how they actually have to get food because the economic conditions will end up getting so bad. That's you know, A lot of cities go through this cycle, okay? And so what we have to do, and the only thing we can do as libertarians is be unabashedly freaking free market capitalist. Okay. I, you think I like Google? You think I, you think I like them? No, I think Google's made up of a bunch of terrible socialist leftists, but I don't hate them because they make money. I don't hate the way that they make money. Do I, do I love Amazon? Do I love Jeff Bezos who owns the Washington post? Do I, do I, do I love him? Do I think he's awesome? Oh, I think he's pretty good at business. I think he had some good ideas. Probably wouldn't agree with him philosophically. But I agree with Amazon's way that they make money or agree with their right to do that, which we'll talk about. But this idea that all of this is theft and this hatred for capitalism, we see it in our government as well. I guess I'll, I'll push on to the next 
you see what I what I wanted to what I what I really want to get across here because what I don't hear from people on the right enough is the ideology behind all of the theft. People will say it's because of the relaxed prosecutors. And sure, they're they have relaxed the way that they will actually enforce these laws. But lack of respect for the law, okay, I don't have respect for a lot of laws. It doesn't mean that I go and break them all the time. And it doesn't mean, like I said, that next time I go to California, I'm going to go steal a bunch of stuff at a store because I don't believe in taking other people's property. I don't believe in stealing from them. That's an ideology that all of these people have been taught because every policy prescription, every prescription for anything that is wrong in anyone's lives these days involves stealing from other people and not actually doing things on your own. Jimmy Dore, when Target announced that they were closing three Portland stores, they cited theft and organized retail crime. Jimmy Dore, who's been pretty good on a lot of stuff, okay? But I still, I don't listen to him because I know I couldn't handle it. The most left-leaning thing or leftist thing I can listen to is uh, Breaking Points with Crystal Ball and uh, Sauger, whatever, I can't remember. Um, Crystal and Sauger. So I can listen to that, although it gets very annoying. I can't listen to Jimmy Dore. I get, I agree with him on a lot of free speech and COVID stuff. But when it comes to economics, the leftism shows through. Target says they're going to close stores, and Jimmy Dore says, the CEO of Target made $17 million last year. Weird that they just don't hire security guards in these three stores instead of closing them, isn't it? Something is not right. Target can't afford security guards? Really? And so his answer is, you shouldn't close these three stores. You should, since you can pay your CEO $17 million, which as we know, because everyone who's listening to this podcast knows they pay their CEO $17 million, more than likely they paid him like a million dollars and the rest of it was from stocks, more than likely. So he says, well, they shouldn't close these three stores. They can afford to pay for security guards because they can afford to pay their CEO $17 million. Well, here's the deal. You might be able to look at the expenses of hiring security guards at these stores and pay for that. Or you might be able to say, these stores are just not profitable. Like if we pay for security at all of these stores and enough security to actually stop a 100 person flash mob from stealing everything in the store. This store is not profitable unless we double the prices of everything. And then not only that, what about the legal ramifications, the legal liability if one of the security guards gets hurt in one of these instances? Or what if one of the security guards kills someone when they're stealing something and then we have to pay for that and then people are riding in all the targets everywhere and no one shops here anymore and they. Uh, it's just, what if, you know, what if we're only selling our tuck-friendly bathing suits so we can't mark those up enough? So yeah, they got to consider more things. And the fact that they, they pay their CEO $17 million, who gives a flying, you know what? The stores aren't profitable. You know how I know the stores aren't profitable? 
or they're not profitable enough because they're closing them. Boom, I just solved this problem because guess what? Target's interested in making money. And so if they were making money off of the stores and enough to counter the possibility of lawsuits of someone gets killed, an employee gets killed, a security guard gets killed, or a customer or someone who's stealing gets killed, and all the riots that would ensue after that, if they're making enough to counter all of those liabilities, then they would keep the store open. It's as simple as that, but they're not. And you shouldn't have the CEO subsidizing stores that aren't making enough money to stay open. You just shouldn't. But Jimmy Dore, all he's thinking about is that he doesn't like that Target's CEO made $17 million. He sees that, and therefore Target can afford to do anything. They can probably afford to double the salary of every single employee that works there. They could probably hire Secret Service to come in there and work at every single store. It doesn't matter. They pay their CEO $17 million. So you can pay for anything you want, according to people like Jimmy Dore, who see that number, and then all their calculator, every calculator in their life just disappears. As soon as, as soon as that happens. Someone said about profits, I bet profit margins are slim. Hiring security guards would be a waste of money against organized flash mobs. Lately, lastly, it shouldn't be Target's responsibility to do the police's job. Jimmy Dore says, oh, for F's sake, the CEO makes $17 million a year. Their profit margins are through the roof. No, they're not. What do you get out of simping for huge corporations do better? So I guess right now what I'm doing is called simping for huge corporations. And that's something that's always bothered me. I'm not simping for huge corporations. Do I like Target? No. Target's done a lot of things that I don't like. Namely, getting rid of uh, Osimo and... Uh, Crap, what was the other one? Ah, it slipped my mind. It's another M word. What was the other one? There's two brands that used to be great. Great at Target. I used to get all kinds of clothes over there. And now their clothes are freaking terrible. Okay? Hate them. You're not simping for Target. You're not simping for huge corporations. You're simping for math. Logic. Basic reasoning skills of someone who's not mentally disabled and the personal property rights, people's ability to make their own decisions. That's what you're simping for when you talk about this. Okay? Someone's got to help me out on this other Target brand. Come on. There was awesome. There's another, there's got to be another M word. Big brand used to be there, not there anymore. No, no one's shopping at Target in the live group? Come on. Are you used to? Am I too old now? I need some help. I need some help here. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to Google it. I'm gonna have to duck, duck, go it. All right. Let me see. I have to know. I can't go on until I know this. Yeah, there's something. Uh, maybe it wasn't in them. I don't know. It was one of the ones that they got rid of when they switched to this dumb Goodfellow brand that they have now. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. Now it's just giving me current target brands. We'll have to move on. Okay, here we go. Probably got a whole bunch of it in the back. Anyway, let's simp for a big corporation right quick before we get out of here today. Amazon. Now, massive, 
massive monopoly antitrust lawsuit against them. 17 states and the, and the U.S. are suing Amazon, alleging monopolistic practices have led to higher prices. Now, they say monopolistic practices because they can't call Amazon a monopoly. You notice they'll say monopolistic practices instead of saying that they have a monopoly because in the definition of monopoly has got to be mono and they got to be the only seller of something and they can't make that argument. They will only make the argument that they are using monopolistic practices, things that a monopoly would do if they had a monopoly. And if you do things that a monopoly would do if you had a monopoly, then you're doing monopolistic practices. Just so you know. And this all boils down to if people like your product and your company and the service enough that you can even make things more expensive and they'll stick with you, then you're using monopolistic practices. If you can raise your prices and not lose customers, you're a monopoly. According to the FTC, I'm just, just uh, letting you know before we get into all the weeds in the paperwork here. It's 140-something pages. The actual lawsuit, I read 78 pages last night. I did not make it all the way through it. So they might have really made the case at the end of the night. We'll see. But I didn't make it there. The Federal Trade Commission and 17 state attorneys general filed a sweeping antitrust lawsuit against Amazon Tuesday, alleging that the company has abused its powers to squeeze merchants and thwart rivals, resulting in higher prices and lower quality goods for tens of millions of American households who regularly shop at the company's online superstore. Merchants who rely on Amazon to stay in business are forced to pay a range of fees that trickle down to consumers, the FTC argues in the suit. Let me be absolutely clear about something right now. The FTC, the government, alleges in the suit that Amazon charges fees to its merchants and that that causes the merchants to raise the prices of their products. Let me say this in another way. <laughs> the government just argued that taxes raise the prices of the products, but no, they're only saying it because Amazon is the one making the money off of it. Okay? That's the, that's the way that they're arguing. Okay? The FTC argues in the suit, pay-to-play advertisements, clog its store and degrade its services. The FTC is upset that on the front page of Amazon, when you search something, the first four items you see are advertisements. And they are going to do something about this because the stupid people who shop on Amazon's website have not dropped their subscription yet and they have had to suffer the pain and the indignity of scrolling through four ads at the top of the page before getting two other products. Oh, it turns out the ad was a better product anyway. I guess I'll just use that. It's terrible. Some people, you know those kids in Africa, the, you know that mom that was begging me for water in Africa a few, few years back with her baby in her arm, she's begging me for water. She has no clue the pain of scrolling through four ads at the top of your Amazon search results. Come on. You don't know how bad life can get. Just don't know how good you have it, you know? The nature of the case, now I read a lot of this because it, it is a banger of a novel out here, okay? 
the nature of the case. They set the scene. You're zooming in on a witty meadow, butterflies and birds chirping, and there's a stream flowing down through there in the sun, glistening through the leaves. And they say the early days of online trade were bursting with possibility. Competition flourished. A newly connected nation saw a wide open frontier where anyone with a good idea would have a fair shot at success. I love how they described the days of absolutely no regulation on anyone who wanted to start a business on the internet. They weren't even collecting sales taxes on people who wanted to sell things on the internet back then. Kids, can you believe that? They literally, they're out here, are, okay, anyway, today, however, this wide open frontier has been closed. A single company, Amazon, has seized control over much of the online retail economy. A one company has seized control over some of the online retail economy. Is, is what they want to say because they can't call it a monopoly. One single company has control over some of the share of the market. Amazon is a monopolist. And they're not going to say monopoly. They're going to say a monopolist. It exploits its monopolies in ways that enrich Amazon, but harm its customers. Both the tens of millions of American households who regularly shop on Amazon's online superstore and the hundreds of thousands of businesses who rely on Amazon to reach them. For example, Amazon has hiked so steeply the fees it charges sellers that it now reportedly takes close to half of every dollar from the typical seller that uses Amazon's fulfillment service. Amazon recognizes that sellers find that it has become more difficult over time to be profitable on Amazon due to Amazon's. They have all these redacted things that they're going to be trade secrets and all that that they can't disclose. Um, but as one seller explains, we have nowhere else to go and Amazon knows it. Now we sell things, we sell shirts. Okay, we got, I'm wearing one of the shirts right now. It says Land of the Free. And it's got an American flag made up of all the agencies in the U.S. government. It says Land of the Free. It's in quotes, though. You get it? Did you get the joke? Yeah. So we sell them through our own website. And you see, anyone who is selling anything on Amazon has plenty of other places to go because you can start your own website for pretty cheap. In fact, it'd be a lot cheaper than what you're paying to list all those products on Amazon. But the problem is, you'd have to drive a lot of customers to that website. And you know that you can't do it because Amazon already did it and everyone's there and you can't spend the money to get all those people to come to your site. You don't have it. And so instead of you spending the money to get all of those people to come to your website to get your stuff, you're instead going to pay fees to Amazon because they're spending the money or because they spent the money because they have all of those eyeballs already. It's a trade-off. Everything in life is a trade-off. And that is what people recognize. That's why they still list things on Amazon instead of starting their own websites, which they are all free to do. So I, I have a few things here with the market share e-commerce companies. Amazon does have a big portion. Now, I, I kind of downplayed it. They don't just have some. They got a big portion compared to all of the others. I will say, I don't see Etsy listed on here. And... 
that might be because they're in a different category than these other websites. Uh, but you got Amazon at 37.8%, according in 2022, retail e-commerce companies in the U.S. As of June 2022, 378 is Amazon, 6.3% is Walmart, 3.9% is Apple, then you got eBay, and then Target, and Home Depot, Best Buy, Costco, other places that people buy things, Wayfair, Chewy, Macy's website uh, is listed on there. Share of total U.S. retail sales. Walmart is still beating Amazon. This is just retail in general. But Amazon's getting close. They're getting close. But of course, there's lawsuits against Amazon. Uh, when you actually look at their market share for what they own, because remember, Amazon has Amazon marketplace of products that they own, and then they have the third-party sellers that can come on and list things for sale. Now, does that count as Amazon selling things or your business who listed it through Amazon actually sold things and you just use Amazon? You know, like if I use Wix to create a website and I sell products, does that mean that Wix is the person selling the products or is it my website that people are selling it? And so this chart actually does a better job that puts Amazon uh, at 25%. Sorry, Amazon's actual retail, I believe. Uh, they put it between 15 and 20% somewhere. So it's much lower because half of the stuff sold on Amazon is sold by other people that aren't Amazon. They're just using Amazon maybe for fulfillment or they're just using it to list their products because there's a lot of eyeballs out there. There's value to that. If there wasn't, people wouldn't do it. That's, that's the truth of the matter, okay? Amazon possesses monopoly power in two relevant markets. They still never call it a monopoly. They say that it has monopoly power in two relevant markets, and they list out the two markets. The online superstore market and the market for online marketplace services. What they mean by that is the market for people who want to sell things online, like Facebook marketplace, or like if I want to sell something on eBay, or the third-party sellers who sell things on Amazon. Amazon apparently has a monopoly and monopoly power in that as well, even though they don't, as we'll talk about here quickly. Um, the online superstore market is them once again very narrowly defining a market. They didn't even say online US retail. Because they can't. They have to say online superstore. And what they mean by that is a place where you can go to get many different products in different product categories. They even go through, and I, I was reading through this, they go through in the lawsuit. They say, sure, if you want to get, uh, uh, what were they talking about? Whatever. Skis. <laughs> Skis. You can get those on Amazon, or you can go to Bill and Mike's skishop.com if you want to do that. But you're not going to be able to like, buy bread <laughs> while you're on there. So therefore, this is not a substitution for Amazon's market. And so since you can't go on there to get all kinds of other stuff, a place that literally sells the thing that you are buying on Amazon is not competition with Amazon, according to the FTC. And I mean this literally. I'm not just making stuff up right here. It's no joke. If I buy a Rode microphone, I just returned a Rode microphone, a Rode NT-USB Plus microphone. I bought it on Amazon. I could have also bought that microphone 
from Best Buy's website. I could have bought it from Rhodes' website. I could have bought it on eBay. There's a lot of places I could have bought that microphone. According to the FTC, like none of those people are competition with Amazon. None of them. Even though I had all of those options at the time. That's what they do in their monopoly, their antitrust suits, is they narrowly define the market. And so they defined it so far down to online superstore. And so therefore, no one who, anyone who is not an online superstore, even if they sell competing products, is not considered competition to Amazon by the FTC. Keep that in mind. Okay, so we'll go back through. They talk about the structural evidence of monopoly power in both markets includes Amazon's dominant market, sh market shares and presence of significant barriers to entry, including powerful network effects and strong economies of sale. Scale, sorry. Notice when they say significant barriers to entry, because when we talk about monopolies, when we talk about monopolies, we talk about your ability to keep other people from entering the market. Now, the government has monopolies. They have monopolies in many things because they can literally keep people from entering the market. The government grants monopolies to people because they can grant people licenses. Uh, they, can, they can restrict who can enter into the market. They do that using licenses, okay? They can actually create monopolies. What Amazon cannot do is have the kind of barriers to entry that the government can have the kind of barriers to entry that you use violence for. What they are using as barriers to entry is Amazon being better than their competition or just being a popular brand. It's like if I wanted to create a shoe brand to compete with Nike, Nike has enacted a barrier to entry for me. The barrier to entry is the fact that so many people like Nike. And so, therefore, they've got monopoly power over me, all right? Even if I got a better shoe or whatever, they've got economies of scale, and they've got a network effect. They've got a brand name that people trust. Therefore, it's a monopoly, or they're using monopoly power. If you ask this FTC and Lena Khan, feedback loops between the two relevant markets further demonstrate the critical importance of scale and network effects in these markets. Um, Amazon has durable, durable monopoly power in the online superstore market. Okay. The online superstore market is a relevant market. Online superstores compete to build long-term relationships with consumers across multiple purchases of a variety of items. Online superstores do store by off do so by offering a distinct set of features that reduce time and effort for shoppers online thereby encouraging shoppers to return to those online superstores for a broad swath of goods. Let me get this right, just so you know. Because yes, I read through all of it. If you use Amazon, it's easier for you to use Amazon again. All right, you got your previous orders on there. Very easy. Therefore, that's giving you some durable monopoly power for Amazon because a new business that would come in, you don't have all your favorite stuff saved with them. They might not have all the same stuff. Okay. This gives Amazon a durable monopoly. And who is it that's given it? Is it the government? Is it Amazon? It's customers. That's who it is. <clears throat> they even say, customers incur shopping costs beyond the prices paid for purchase items. For example, when considering the purchase, shoppers must determine which stores carry specific items. Shoppers then 
conduct research, including learning about the item's products and features. Shoppers value stores that reduce search costs and ability to discover new items that they may not have been initially searching for while shopping. Yes, everything that Amazon does to make shopping easier for its customers gives it a monopoly, according to the FTC. Online superstores are not reasonably interchangeable with brick-and-mortar stores. They're not reasonably interchangeable. Let me tell you a story. I got an Apple TV. It's right there. I got a, got a new Apple TV. Okay? I ordered it on Amazon because I made the assumption that Amazon had the best price for the Apple TV. So... I order it, and I say, I text my wife, I say, hey, I've ordered an Apple TV, you're welcome. What does she say? It's cheaper at Best Buy. That's what she says. Not only do we not order it on Best Buy's website, the next day, we submit the return from Amazon for the Apple TV, and we drive in the car because we were also getting groceries at the same time. What happens to be right down the street, but a Best Buy, where we walk into the store and we buy the item that we had just returned to Amazon. But according to the FTC, online superstores are not reasonably interchangeable with brick and mortar stores. Just so you know. Okay, it doesn't matter if it's more expensive on Amazon. You'll never do anything to go get the cheaper product. You won't do it, okay? According to the government. Amazon's dominant position in the online superstore store market is protected by significant barriers to entry. This one is the one that bothers me a lot. I'm, I'm go, we'll get out of here in a second. Don't worry. Barriers to entry. They're using what should actually define a monopoly against businesses who do a good job providing products and services to their customers. Barriers to entry should mean that a company cannot literally stop you from entering the market. I was listening to Fast Money yesterday, which is one of my favorite shows. I listen to it every day. Um, they were talking about this lawsuit, and a couple of really funny statements happened from a guy who said that he used to want to be an antitrust lawyer. That was one of the things that he wanted to go into. He was very much in favor of what they said. Um, he called Amazon a monopoly several times um, and said that they were, and then later said that they were so popular because they were giving consumers what they wanted. And then also later said that, well, they're doing the same thing that Walmart, you know, was doing until Walmart was taken down by Amazon. And so he alluded to the fact that he was going to call Walmart a monopoly. You probably did call Walmart a monopoly like 20 years ago until Someone new came along and took them down. Amazon. And that's what happened. That's what happens in capitalism. That's what happens in the market. When they say barriers to entry, what is important is that Walmart could not physically stop Amazon from starting their business. They could not stop them from having fulfillment centers. They couldn't stop them from doing all these things that they did. The only way Walmart could have stopped Amazon was if they used the government to do it if they made permits and licenses or way too high a taxes that they could have never afforded. Okay. That's how they could have actually done it, but they didn't. And so Amazon 
came over the top of Walmart. Amazon doesn't have to be the top dog forever. We do this with everything. We did it with MySpace and Facebook and Walmart, the AMP grocery chain, Kodak had a monopoly, all these different people. Morton Salt was a monopoly. Alcoa was a monopoly. Okay. Until they're not, and what you just meant was that they were really popular, and then someone found a new way to do something, and the old guy didn't keep up. Okay? That's what actually ends up happening. And that's what we want to happen, because we want that significant innovation to happen in the market. I'm not going to go through the rest of all this, because I've already been going for 52 minutes. Um, there's two other little things. They mentioned that they increase prices to sellers, the people selling stuff on Amazon's website, without losing meaningful business. So they say they do, lose, they do lose some business. But by the FTC's calculations, the amount that they've increased fees to sellers, they should be losing more people. And the fact that the sellers found Amazon to be valuable enough that they stayed on there and kept selling things means that Amazon has a monopoly. Just so you know, that's another important thing for, uh, for people to realize. Now, they do some things that are questionable. There's the one thing they're getting sued on separately, which is making it really hard for people to cancel their uh, Prime membership. Now, can people figure it out? Yeah, probably. If you have any tech savviness or just any ability to use the internet. Difficult for older people? Sure, it probably is. Is it a shady business deal that they did? Uh, they named it after, oh, what'd they name it? I can't remember the name anymore. Iliad, maybe? Um, jokingly calling it out for the fact that it was too hard for people to find the unsubscribe button, okay? So I think that that's wrong. I think it's morally wrong to actually make it difficult for people to unsubscribe. And I've had, I mean, we have a subscription now for, you know, join Gmail. That's technically a subscription. Um, we've done it with the trading and all that stuff. And I, I always get annoyed when websites make it difficult to unsubscribe. Of course, we were using other people's websites, and so I have no control over how hard it is to unsubscribe on things. Um, it's actually pretty easy in the Discord channel. There's a hotkey for it. Just boom, can take you out. So anyhow, I think that's shady. Now, as um, James Tronowski, who was on the show a few days ago, uh, said, it's six clicks to get to the unsubscribe button. And you guys ever used the government website before? It's way worse than that. We all know that. Okay, so they're suing Amazon for being still easier to use than a government website. That's a little bit ironic. All right. They're raising fees to sellers and they're not losing business. That means they're a monopoly. It could just mean that they do a really good job. All right. Here's one chart that I find very interesting. Top 10 U.S. companies by 2021... Retail e-commerce sales growth. It's difficult to find some of these numbers, okay? The top sales growth, now Etsy's on this one. The number one, is it Amazon? Are they just destroying everyone? Sales growth? No, it's Etsy, up 26.9%. Walmart is number two, 26.4%. Chewy is number three, 25%. Amazon is number four with their growth. You got three companies growing faster than Amazon, at least in 2021. And I want to remind you of the last semi-insidious thing. Really insidious to call it more, we'll call it more annoying at this point. 
they point to all of this growth in Amazon's market share in retail online superstores and the fact that sellers have put up with higher fees from Amazon. What happened over the last few years? We had the COVID pandemic. We had the COVID lockdowns. People were not able to go anywhere. Many of their other stores were closed down. They weren't able to go to them. And so Amazon was given, not a full monopoly, still not a monopoly. There were plenty other places to order things. But Amazon was given much more monopolistic power or market power by the government, by the government's own actions. And then, like someone in the group just said, people spent their stimmy checks on Amazon too. People needed to sell things on Amazon to make money. There were a lot more people going to Amazon because the, the other stores were closed. Amazon was able to raise its fees to the sellers because there was nowhere else to sell anything. And it was too hard to start your own business and website. And that's where everyone was going to buy things because the economy was locked down. Lo and behold, Amazon gets called a monopoly after they were able to use their market power that was given to them by the government over the last few years. So even the powers that they are saying Amazon has might have just come from the government lockdowns in the first place. And now Amazon's the one getting in trouble for it. It's the government who gets to come in and say, oh, this is, this is unfettered free market capitalism. This is what happens when the government doesn't step in. When in fact, it's what happens when the government does step in. Almost every single time. All right, y'all. It's time for me to go. Thank you for hanging out today. I do appreciate it. Tomorrow, Charlie will be on the show. What we're going to do for Dumb Bleep uh, is... I'm going to wait for Charlie to get back from where he is right now. He's, uh, I think he's in Knoxville. Um, when he gets back, we're going to do a dumb bleep. It could be like four or five central time in the afternoon, but I think it would be more fun to do a show with Charlie than to do a show with just me doing dumb bleep. So I think it's worth waiting. So what we'll do is we'll wait until whenever Charlie gets back. Could be a little bit later. That's for everyone hanging out. Uh, with us right now for everyone who's listening right now on the show uh, if you enjoyed today's episode as i'm as i'm sure you did there's a there's lovey coming up here hey lovey how's it going come here good dog all right if you enjoyed today's show uh hopefully you did then make sure you share it subscribe it retweet on stuff or repost or whatever you want to do um do all those things and if you do all of them, we'll be right back here tomorrow for Dumb Bleep of the Week. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.